The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So, Maureen McCone, are we getting Donald Trump's perp walk today? No, we're not getting it today, Matt. In fact, we don't know if we're getting it at all. Um, I think that there's been so much, um, honestly, that the amount of energy that this this uh, allegedly imminent indictment of Donald Trump is is taking up in in America in terms of the media, in terms of the nobody's talking about anything else. Uh, I mean, it it is very possible that it will come later this week. I understand that the grand jury is meeting tomorrow in Manhattan. Um, but I think it, it, it has to be said a couple of things here. Firstly, an indictment is not the same as a conviction. You may remember in Tom Wolfe's book, The Bonfire of the Vanities, where he quoted Saul Wachler, who was the chief judge in the state of New York, who said that a, a grand jury would indi- indict a ham sandwich if that was what you wanted. Now, it, it, this this case is fraught with peril because it's you, you may remember John Edwards in 2011. His trial took over a year. Uh, it was declared a mistrial by the judge. He, uh, he was acquitted on one charge and on four others. It was declared a mistrial and it was kind of similar in that he allegedly improperly um, raised money um, off his campaign campaign finance and gave it to his mistress who had had a child with him and he was trying to conceal that. It's it's difficult to prove these cases. What what obviously I, I assume that Alvin Bragg, who's known as a cautious enough prosecutor, is not relying solely on the testimony of Michael Cohen, who is of course a convicted felon and was convicted of perjury, so he would certainly have credibility issues uh, that would get you would not get you beyond on the reasonable doubt. Uh, but there, I assume he's got other information. But this is unfortunate because Donald Trump, of course, is jumping up and down. I have to say that the calls for protests are being met with a very tepid response. There's a couple of dozen people in New York. There's a couple of dozen people down in Florida. Um, there's talk of a run in the banks by his his supporters. We'll see what happens there. But I, I as I say, I think that, that he is currently using it as a fundraising, um, a big fundraising push. I've received about seven emails in the last two days asking me for money to help Donald Trump fight this case. Uh, so I, I, the whole thing, there's a lot of hot air around. Okay. I think people need to step back and take a deep breath. So, Carl Thomas, this is all about the allegation that Michael Cohen, his fixer, paid Stormy Daniels, the porn star, Stephanie Clifford, $160,000 to shut up and go away during the 2016 campaign, isn't it? Well, it is, uh, Matt. And, you know, I think uh, Marion's analysis was right on the mark. I hardly have anything to add. It was so brilliant. I would say, though, that comedian Chris Rock last night at the Kennedy Center said something that I think was uh, in, in between his jokes. That is absolutely true. He said that it would only make an indictment would only make Trump more popular Uh, among his supporters. They see him as a martyr, as one who has been uh, attacked by the deep state, as one who is being attacked by the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who lets out uh, violent criminals from prison, from jail with, with low or no bail, some of whom have gone to recommit new violent crimes. I think this is a very weak case. I've been listening to a number of analyses from uh, lawyers, including a former Whitewater assistant prosecutor during the Clinton administration, who said uh, on Fox this afternoon that he thinks it's an extremely weak case, even with a New York jury. I would be worried if I were Trump about the other two possible indictments, which I think are far more serious. We'll get get to those in a moment, because what I want to do, Cal, is I want to play a little bit of what Trump posted in a video on Truth Social, his social media channel last night. 
These four horrible, radical left Democrat investigations of your all-time favorite president, me, is just a continuation of the most disgusting witch hunt in the history of our country. It's gone on forever with Russia, 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 and Ukraine, 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 and the Mueller hoax. It's an absolute disgrace what's going on. They even spied on my campaign. And remember this, with all of the work that they did on Mueller, no collusion. That's what the answer was, was all no collusion. Whether it's the Mar-a-Lago raid or the unselect committee hoax, the perfect Georgia phone call, it was absolutely perfect, or the stormy horse-faced Daniels extortion plot, they're all sick, and it's fake news. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them, and they know it very strongly. And they're looking at the polls where not me, but we are up by so much. They can't even believe it. We won twice, and now we've got to win a third time. They know that we can defeat them. They know that we will defeat them. But they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way, and I always will stand in their way. Thank you very much. Okay, Cal Thomas, that sounds like the grift, as usual. From and As Marion said, the begging emails are going out looking for money. That reminded me of these evangelical Christians of previous decades on their TV channels preaching for Jesus and then saying, no, give us your money. Well, both sides do it in, uh, in Washington. Matt, Nancy Pelosi did it. The Democrats have done it. Anything they can do to raise money, they will do. But Trump brought a lot of this on himself. In my column today, I'm sure I'm going to surprise a lot of people, and I'll get a lot of hate mail. I wish he would withdraw from the race. He's sucking the oxygen out of the room. There are many other uh, qualified candidates who don't have the baggage that Trump has, who don't indulge in name-calling and all of the rest. There are important issues before us. This new relationship between uh, China and Russia uh, is very, very serious. There's a Pentagon meeting today about this. Uh, Russia and China want to uh, reestablish or, or newly establish a new world order. And there's so many, the inflation, the border, so many other things. And it's all about Trump. It's not all about Trump. It's about the United States of America, which is more than one man. Yeah, but Barry McKeown, he doesn't see it that way, does he? We know that from his behaviour in recent years. And in any case, isn't it that he can't actually pull back? Because, first of all, his ego won't allow it. But also that if he has to have a degree of protection against this and other possible legal actions, he has to whip up the base. He's got to actually make it almost difficult for the authorities to prosecute him in case there is a riot that he orchestrates. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, I think Cal is right that the, the focus on Donald Trump, and he's such a narcissist, of course, one feeds off the other. It's this monomaniacal focus on Donald Trump. This is a small case, relatively speaking. Um, and I do agree. I think it might be kind of a weak case. And I think that the timing is unfortunate. I would much rather see Fanny Wills' case uh, come forward first. And what's, Sorry, what's much that? more concerning... <laughs> 
Uh, her case is she's the DA in Fulton County in Atlanta. Uh, that's the case where Donald Trump is accused of coercing campaign officials, Brett Raffensperger, Secretary of State, when he tried to get him to find another 11,780 votes, basically tried to get him to flip Georgia, uh, to coerce him into flipping Georgia for him in the 2020 election. That is a, is, is a crime, a potential crime, if he's convicted that could land him three years in prison. Now, the one in New York, it's the falsifying business records. It's a summary offence, up to a year in prison. But then if it's found that he falsified business records to conceal another crime, uh, that could be a minimum of one year in prison and maximum of four years. Look, in a way, the Republicans, if Donald Trump were convicted and jailed, it would solve everything for them. They don't want him running. The, apart from the Trump hardcore base, which is still about 30, 35 percent, do you really think Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell or any of them want Trump? Donald Trump running in 24. Of course they don't, but they're probably afraid that if, you know, if you come at the king and you don't miss and if Trump is acquitted, then he's emboldened and then he's most likely going to get all of his followers behind him and win the nomination. And that's the last thing they want. Because yeah, this is really amazing, Matt. And just to make a quick point, I think Marion's right. But on the Democratic side, large numbers of Democrats would prefer Joe Biden not running. So this is the first uh, potential uh, race that I've seen in, in my covering of uh, Washington and politics in this country for, for many years, that large numbers of Republicans and Democrats don't want the leading person, in this case, the president and uh, and the challenger uh, running. They want somebody else. It's really amazing. We're going to have plenty to talk about. Yeah, but Carl, you know, there's also an issue as to whether a former president should effectively be immune from prosecution because you know, there seems to be this argument that, oh, if you prosecute him, it's politically motivated. He should be untouchable. But if a president is untouchable, that would suggest that the, he or she could get up to all sorts of nefarious wrongdoings while in office. Right. Surely you can't have anybody, no matter what position they have reached in American life, who is above and beyond the law. You may be old enough, Matt, to remember the uh, David Frost interview with Richard Nixon, in which Nixon famously said, if a president does it, it's not illegal. Well, that's just not true. One of the cliches in American politics right now, and we're hearing this again from people like Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat of Massachusetts, is that no one is above the law. Well, that's not, just not true. Look at the border. Look at the kinds of people who get away literally with murder if you don't have a high-priced attorney. There are all kinds of people who are not subject to the law. But uh, I agree. I know no president should be above the law. And uh, while I think there's a lot of politics in everything, that if Donald Trump has done wrong and they can prove it, then he should be held accountable. And let's let's point out that all of the this thing about Stormy Daniels was before he became president. So we're not talking about Georgia right now, and we're not talking about January 6th right now while he was president, we're talking about a case that is seven years old or more. Yeah, but is there a statute of limitations? It was something that happened yeah. in the run-up to the presidential election. Do you get forgiven right. when something is found well, out a few years later? That's one of the big debates in legal circles right now. We've had Jonathan Turley on one of our networks, uh, the uh, law professor at Georgetown Univer or George Washington University, saying that uh, the statute of limitations on this issue did run out and that Alvin Bragg uh, did not prosecute before uh, because of that. And now he has upgraded this charge to a felony which again is uh, legally dubious. So I think there are a lot of legal implications here apart from the actual accusation in this case. 
Marion, do you think will Ron DeSantis, as the governor of Florida, um, react to the MAGA supporters who want the National Guard put in place at Mar-a-Lago to protect Trump from possible arrest? Well, you know, Ron DeSantis has already uh, reacted and he reacted yesterday in such an underhand way by saying, well, he wouldn't know anything about he doesn't know how this works because he wouldn't know anything about paying off a porn star. And he said, I, I can't speak to that, you know, but but and then went on to say, but I don't think you know, Trump should be politically uh, prosecuted. So he managed to get it in. You know, he's he's playing a clever game here. Look, tr- supporters are calling on, on him to refuse to extradite Trump. This isn't going to happen. Trump, if he is indicted, will go to New York voluntarily and he will be fingerprinted and mugshotted and all the rest. Um, and of course, he'd probably use that again as, as, as campaign funding material. But getting back to what you were saying there, no president should be above the law. In fact, I think had Gerald Ford not pardoned Richard Nixon. Had he been criminally charged, a lot of subsequent presidents might have thought twice about doing things that they did and thought they'd get away with, particularly Donald Trump. Okay, um, briefly, let's move on to other things. It's 20 years since the evasion of Iraq, Cal. What's this about Mm. Congress now preparing a vote to remove the powers that the White House has to go to war? Right. It's a very difficult decision, Matt. Uh, On one hand, you have uh, dictators who are not constrained by any legislative authority. And on the other hand, uh, the United States uh, has been involved in these long wars that seem never to end, Vietnam, Afghanistan, and now uh, we're supporting Ukraine against the Russian invasion. Uh, You know, when politics gets involved in foreign policy, all kinds of things can happen. And I think that uh, the War Powers Act uh, needs to be revisited. I think there ought to be a limit placed on some of these actions. This goes back to George H.W. Bush 41 and uh, Operation Desert Storm uh, to throw Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait. But some of these things are still in place 30, 40 years later. They need to be revisited by the Congress and some kind of uh, general rules as to when a president can commit troops overseas and for how long established. What do you make of that, Marion? You know, I I think that there's a bit of cynicism here because I obviously, um, you know, I think people looking back on the war, the 20th anniversary, my God, I remember being down at the UN reporting on it and on the the whole fault, the weapons of mass destruction nonsense. I, I think that there should be some curtailment, but I also think that Congress, the Republican-controlled Congress, should not be using this now as a means to try and control what Joe Biden does with Ukraine, um, because that is a different kettle of fish. Nobody is talking about going into war in Ukraine. Nobody's talking about putting American boots on the ground in Ukraine. They're simply helping uh, Zelensky to fight the, the invasion by Putin. So I, I think it needs. I think it needs a little bit more consideration, definitely. Okay. I also ask you, Marion, about the decision by Joe Biden to veto a bill in relation to investments that the state can make, uh, taking environmental, social and corporate governance issues into account. What's going on here? Yeah, you know, he did the absolutely right thing. This is ridiculous. Um, I, I, he basically, the Republicans wanted to not have to, in, ESG, it, it's just, they're, they're, first of all, Let's let's put this in a little bit of context. Because of the Silicon Valley um, ba- bank collapse, they like these Republicans started saying, "Oh, it was a woke bank," which was absolutely nonsense. And uh, you know, th- this whole woke thing—it's meaningless and nobody understands it. But it's kind of in the ether now, and everybody keeps using it. Uh, so what they're trying to say is is that um, basically that that 
you you shouldn't be the, the the legislation said that you shouldn't be able to take environmental and social issues into account when making investment decisions. Why not? You know, I mean, because surely, to goodness, anybody, people should be entitled to to go with what the, the considerations they want. And Joe Biden is saying, no, I'm not going to let you do that because you'll just limit people's choice so that people who do want to take these in, things into consideration should be able to do so. Um, I, I mean, it, it, it was just ridiculous. And I think Joe Biden did the right thing. Carl, is there anything more boring at present than the amount of people on the right throwing around the word woke? for everything, trying to imply all sorts of nefarious attitudes behind people with any sort of progressive thinking? Well, I think it is kind of an all-encompassing word that most people understand, even though they can't define it, many people. I think what you're looking at from critical race theory to drag queens reading stories to kindergartners uh, to gender confusion uh, to pronouns that you have to ask people what their pronouns are and all of this other stuff comes under the single label of woke. It's very easy to uh, communicate, even though a lot of people have a difficult time defining it. So I don't have a problem with it, and I think I can define it. It's yeah, but, just an absence. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because see, things like, you know, you threw in there drag queens reading stories to children, yes. which is a typical yes. thing. And, and the response to that is, well, there were a lot of men wearing frocks who used to read stories to children. They were priests and they were brothers. And we look at the sort of the sexual abuse they carried out. Uh, would it be woke to say that they weren't the right people mm-hmm. to have been put anywhere near children? Well, absolutely. But, you know, one uh, one example that you give doesn't uh, apply to all. This is a deliberate attempt by uh, the people who want to tear down certain basic rules and traditions and culture uh, to ingratiate themselves and to get treated as normal their behavior. And this is one of the reasons why a lot of people, especially during COVID, uh, when they their schools were closed and they found out from their kids and otherwise what was being taught and what was being done, Uh, started homeschooling them or pull them out if they could afford it and put them in private schools. It's why in the U.S. now we have uh, over 30 states, I believe, that has some form of school choice uh, program allowing the tax dollars of parents to go to the public or private or even homeschool of the parents' choice. What do you say to those woke allegations, Marion? How much gripped is American culture by this at present? You know, I agree. It's the most boring thing. But there's also the irony that people like Ron DeSantis, a Florida governor who says Florida is where woke goes to die. If you look at his intolerance for free speech, you know, he's claiming the Democrats are forcing people to do things. He has removed books from library shelves. He has fired prosecutors because they wouldn't do his bidding. He has, you know, you can't talk about being gay. Apparently now young girls can't talk about periods uh, during school. You know, he's brought in all these ridiculous Rules that are making that, that make the Florida state legislature, in my view, look like the Taliban. And, and, and this is all supposedly, you know, he's crushing people's freedoms because he says he doesn't want wokeness in Florida. So he's become the arbiter of what people can and can't talk about. The whole thing's ridiculous. And on the, the drag queen thing, you know, I remember, and every child in Ireland probably went to the Christmas pantomime, and it was always men dressed up as women who played Cinderella and her sisters and the widow Twanky and all the rest. It was, you know, so wild. Why is everybody getting their knickers in a twist about this, if you'll pardon me saying so? If men want to dress up as women, let them. So what? Who cares? Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas, thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.